Okay, everyone out of the TARDIS suitcase. Where are we? This doesn't look like Cardiff. I knew we should have taken a left at Albuquerque. Why are all the buildings made of wood? Maybe IKEA's finally taken flat packing to the next level. Looks like a frontier town to me. Apparently it's called Broadcast. Funny name. Oh no. What is it? It's happening again, isn't it? What? That thing where whatever happens in the episode of Doctor Who we're reviewing coincidentally also happens to us. Shh, someone's coming. Bet it's a cyborg. I don't think so. Then it'll be someone from Farscape or Gavin and Stacey. Greetings, strangers, and welcome to the Great Broadcast Siege, episode number 233. I'm Stephen and Broadcast. Chris and Broadcast. And Warren and Broadcast. Why are you carrying around that skeleton and moving its mouth like a puppet? That, that, that's Warren. The gunslinger got him. Vultures picked him clean before I could get to him. That's horrible. I started talking about overnight ratings, and he just ran out of town screaming. He was cut down by a laser blast before he'd gone ten paces. Wait, did you say gunslinger, and then laser blast? What of it, stranger? Cyborg. See? Totally called it. He haunts the outskirts of broadcast. Anyone who sets foot outside town limits gets blasted to pieces. He's looped an ultra-long USB cable around the perimeter to mark out the boundary. He's mad. Wait, you don't sound very cowboy What kind of border town is this? Clues in the name, stranger. What, what was that? It's American accent. No, no, what was it? It's called Broadcast. The town's called Broadcast. Well, don't, don't do it again. All right, it's, the town's called Broadcast. It, it's, it's a town for frontier podcasters. <laughs> that was flipping foul. So we headed out west chasing tails of gold-plated XLR connectors, male and female. We're not sexy. We're not sexist. Oh, no, yeah, we, yeah we're not sexist. We're not, yeah, yeah, we're not either of those things. We're not sexy either, no. And, and we were looking for new waveforms. We found nothing but death, dust and an old copy of Audacity. Oh, the Audacity! Guys, I don't like this. Looks like we're attracting a crowd. Who are you, strangers? Why did you come to this accursed place? What do you want? Do you want to buy a t-shirt with a Dalek on it? Have you joined our forum? Or left a review on iTunes? We'd really appreciate that. Did you pick up our distress RSS feed? It's easy for you to say. Not as easy as I made it sound. No, this is all an accident. We're podcasters too. Like you. It's a trap. They're not podcasters. Look, that one's a girl. I'm not. I'm a boy. Listen to my manly voice. Let's get him! Whoa, 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 calm down, everyone. Can't we work this out? It's a trick. I'll bet my snowball the gunslinger's behind this. Let's shoot them dead in the street, record the whole thing, and then offer it as an exclusive extra on the DWPA feed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait! This ain't your business, preacher. Perhaps they are what they say they are. I don't trust them. Especially the short one. Hey! Think again, brothers. Were you not suspicious of me when I first joined your ranks? Just because I did a video podcast, you thought me an outsider. Haven't I proved that mercy can sometimes be the best option? You should listen to him, he's talking sense. Shut it, you mongrel. You're a good man, preacher. But they're outsiders and we've no proof they create free audio content to be distributed via the internet. We can't take the risk. Samson C03s. What did you say? We use Samson C03 microphones to record. 
They're a multi-pattern mic with cardioid as well as figure of eight and omnidirectional settings. We feed them through a Tapco mixer for preamp and then digitize them using an Ederol UEX-1. We edit in GarageBand, for the love of God, why won't you believe us? Well, I reckon you might be what you say you are after all. No normal person is that specific about equipment. We're podcasters. Stop it. You are podcasters. Welcome to Broadcast! <laughs> sorry, sorry, that was me. I thought the safety was on. No problem. By a staggering coincidence, the bullet hit my Zoom H1 portable recorder. That uses the same capsules as the more expensive Zoom H4n, at a fraction of the cost. I know. I researched it on Google. So what do we do now? Let's ask the librarian. He'll know, with all his book learning and such. He's the only one who knows who the gunslinger really is. Fetch the librarian. I'm coming, I'm coming. What can I do for you boys? Or you, ma'am? I'm a boy too. Give it up, Loz. I like boobs and not asking for directions. We want to know about the gunslinger. Who was he? You're asking me about the gunslinger, huh? I remember it like it was yesterday. He was a good man, once. A podcaster, like all of us. A beacon of the community. Always concise, always eloquent. He could charm the horseflies off a pile of manure. But then things changed. He couldn't fit everything he wanted to say into two minutes anymore. Drove him mad. In the end, he had his microphone and shock mount grafted onto his body. His laptop, too. Everything he needed to cut down on production time. He became an abomination. Now he wants to punish the town that made him a monster. He wants to destroy broadcast. And now I've got you right where I want you. Gasp! Crikey! That's him, isn't it? I'm a man! A man, I tell you! Look at you all, standing here with your pop shields and your Skype accounts. You make me sick. Do you think anyone listens? Do you think anyone cares? I could wipe you all out right now and no one would even notice. That's not true. We're an essential part of fandom. We're the voice of a generation of a sub subculture. I have thousands of followers on Twitter. They're all bots. How do you know? Takes one to know one. Now, make peace with your gods. Wait, I've got something I think you should look at. Don't plead for your life. It's unmanly. No, look! It's a review. I found it on this piece of parchment nailed to this post. It's for a show called The Two Minute Time Lord. Five stars. That's you, isn't it? What? Give me that? It's true. There are people listening. I've touched their lives. I should write a new episode about the concept of tribes within fandom. So you're not going to shoot us then? No. I've seen the light. No! Don't worry. That was just one of my sound effects from GarageBand. No. You're all under my protection now. I'll come whenever I'm needed. But how will we find you? Me? You can find me at TWOMinuteTimeLord.com or on Twitter and Facebook at numeral 2 minute time lord Wow, what a guy! Right. I better go and edit this sketch together.
Take your phones, plug them in, start the cast, prepare to grin. Here we go, it's Doctor Who, let's settle down and talk this through. Cool bow ties, crazy schemes, we will tell you what it means. If you don't like what we say, it's not as if you had to pay. Get a drink if you're thirsty. Here's our review of a town called Mercy. Did we mention that it's free? Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Oodcast entitled The Good, the Bad, and the Super Ugly. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Western jokes. <laughs> Well, I'm afraid we are a little bit lacking in the presenter department this week as my dear lady wife, Laura, is off fighting injustice in the world uh, in her day job and can't be here this evening. But we do still have the lovely Andrew Candish. Oh, hello. That's nice of you. Oh, and the <laughs> wonderful Chris Alpha. Oh, thank you. Hello. How are you, chaps? I'm very well, thanks. I'm yes. growing my hair. It's getting longer. Have you noticed, chaps? And I think that it's starting to take a, 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 a look of Patrick Troughton-esque-ness. I'm very well too, thank you. Troughtonosity, that's what I'd call it. <laughs> mm. Mm. Troughtonology? That would explain why you turned up in the Czech trousers tonight yeah. as well. Lovely no, but we, I'm good, thank you, yes. This is, this is exciting. It's it nice is to be back. another episode of Doctor Who. Another wonderful episode, dare I say it. I agree. I think you should dare to say it, yes. Well, I think I said dare I say it, but dare well, I say it anyway. I don't think it's very daring to say that, actually. I think it plainly was a very good episode. Can we say that already? Well, we could, but maybe we should do the Ucast News first. No, don't stop playing on our account, piano player. We're the Ucast News, turning current affairs into edutainment since 1843. The headlines tonight. Sources from the Planet Orc have said that official intergalactic legal proceedings have been begun to recover the wreckage of its citizen Mork's spacecraft, which was stolen by creature or creatures unknown from an attic in Colorado, USA, and last seen exploding near a town called Mercy. Minuscule budget, contracted shooting schedule, dodgy accents and no Harrison Ford. Still way better than Cowboys vs. Aliens though, wasn't it? Hurrah! The company Ferrero has been successful in its attempt to produce the world's largest Tic Tac. Testers described it as having an explosive aftertaste. In podcast news, the Oodcast has been nominated for an award. No, it's true, we're up for Best Doctor Who Podcast of 2011. If you'd like to vote for us, please go to drwho-online.co.uk, join the forum and find us in the award thread. Thank you very much. You're lovely and have great taste. Complaints have flooded the BBC after viewers described last week's episode of Doctor Who as ludicrous. Disgusted of Milton Keynes said, 
I've let the programme get away with a few things in the past without commenting, scientific flib-flab and the like, but this last episode is beyond the bounds of decency. A British person asking an American bartender to make him a cup of tea? Ridiculous. Time for a weather check for Mercy and the surrounding area. Sun. That's all, sun. Sounds a bit dull to me. Bet it's warm though. That was this week's headlines. Thank you for listening to the Ucast News. Riding the horse of reporting things until it gets tired and has to be put down. Nay! Ucast News. Nay! Well then, high noon, gunfights, people wearing hats. It's a bit of a Western episode. What do we think? Come on. Uh, first opinion from Mr. Andrew Candish. Go. It was amazing. Yes. No, it was. It was great. You see, the thing with that writer, what's his name? Toby Whithouse? Yeah. He's a wonderfully humane writer. And uh, he really gets those deep kind of humanity things, but puts it into a Doctor Who episode. He's in... a character writer, isn't he? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. And I think you can see from his work on being human as well, as well as his other Who scripts, that he he can paint character portraits that you that you like mm. or you get on side with very quickly. And I think Isaac is a great example of that in this yes, episode. He's a really good character. It, he's he's quite a handy, uh, relatable um, access point to to, to the, the the town rather than all the shadowy townspeople. You know, because th- there are some stock characters in this, aren't there? There's the hot headed one that tries to kill people, mm. um, the barmaid, and not just the doctor. Yeah, the barmaid. You know, it's uh, there's some st- there. There are a lot of stock characters, but then there's uh, this one. Very identifiable, very relatable character. You can count the Western stereotypes off on your hand. The preacher, the undertaker. There's even a tart with a heart, even though she doesn't really say anything. (laughs) There's some wonderful lines as well, isn't there? Did you happen to write down any of what they were, Chris? Frightened people. Give me a Dalek any day. And um, the bit where the doctor says to the young lad... You're both good men. You just forget it sometimes. No, that was when Isaac died. There were two particular lines I think might be significant in some way. You know, the, it, it's all in that one uh, argument that the Doctor is having with Jex in the jail. You know, The Doctor says to him, you do not get to decide when and how your debt is paid. And part of his reply is, we all carry our prisons with us. Mm. Like a tortoise. Like oh, a no, tortoise. That's a house. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, if we're going to talk about things that we're sort of identifying as themes that run throughout this series. I think the first thing to say is we were promised standalone episodes and they have absolutely delivered that. Yes. This yes. kind of movie of the week format of season seven is, is very much there. And mm. it's interesting because it gives it a sort of a flyaway quality in a way. I mean, I think they're brilliant and they and it moves like the clappers and it's really exciting and every episode seems special. But on the flip side... They all seem quite light and fluffy, sort of like confectionery. Mm. Yeah. Do you think like so? Like popcorn. Do you think so? Because I think there's a great deal of depth this year, particularly in Town Called Mercy. Well, well, this is it. I think that there is actually things that are, there are weightier themes running through it. And mm. I'll quickly list off things that I've noticed or read about or heard mentioned and see what you think. Okay. So the first one is no one knows who the Doctor is anymore. Is that a theme that runs through all of them? Is Doctor Who still mm. the Daleks? A theme? Don't know who he is at the end of Asylum of Daleks. But they did at the beginning. Yeah, but then the beam yeah, yeah. in Dinosaurs in a Spaceship when yeah. he when he 
that gets scanned. Make, yeah, that, that didn't mm. make him up. And in this one, he's a stranger. He walks into town. He's the man with yeah. no name. Yeah. What about eggs? Eggs, eggs is, is another theme. theme. There was eggs in the souffle. There was dinosaur eggs last week. And now there's this air spaceship that looks like an egg. And there's also the music. The Doctor is a multi-talented musician, but... Oh, I thought you meant that there was music in each episode. (laughs) (laughs) That Murray Gold. It seems to have the same theme tune every week. Yeah, there's that bit. But I do like what they've done with the titles. Yeah, the titles are in it. Every week we see the TARDIS (laughs) hurtling through the vortex. No, and it's the same title. The writing. The the writing. They're using different things for the logo each week. I very much like that. Flickering bulbs is another thing. Is yes. It? Yes. Really? yes. Yeah, yeah. In the first Seriously? one, every well, time someone gets kidnapped, there's a flickering bulb. In the second one, there are... Um, the whole ship is sort of flickering, isn't it? It's in, yeah. Omnipotent Laura Brain says, in the second one, Rory and Rory's dad both fix a broken light bulb. Okay, I'm not convinced about that one. And then the third one, there's very differently flickering bulbs all over the place. There, there is a maybe an element of... This is what happens to you when you travel for too, uh, on your own for too long. We are definitely seeing the Doctor being set up to be darker in, in his personality this season. Uh, he did kill someone, execute someone, essentially, he last did. week. He did. This week. Still not happy. He almost does the same thing if Amy didn't stop him. Mm. Um, there's a suggestion from one of our listeners, actually, that perhaps uh, in the first one, when he took off the Dalek band that stopped the nano cloud. Perhaps he is slowly having the love drained out of him. I really like the way they handle the Doctor's dark side in this story. And I would be a lot happier if it had not been done in Dinosaurs on a spaceship as well. Just simply because it's not mentioned. It's not referred to in Dinosaurs as a spaceship. There's no discussion. Whereas Mm. in this one, it was superbly handled. The way that he, he initially says to the gunslinger... Look, we can put Jax on trial and then Jax pushes him too far and, you know, the Doctor just snaps and Amy brings him back to where he should be. I thought that was a smashing piece of, of work. Yeah, this is right. So, the Doctor has no legs to stand on no. on this. He is a war hero, essentially. Mm. He won the war. Okay, he did wipe out his entire race. Mm-hmm. So perhaps mm. a hero is a little bit over <laughs> well, that, the pudding. That's, that's what the discussion in the episode is partly about, isn't it? What makes a war hero, what makes a war criminal, depends on what side you're on. But who is he to judge yep. when mm. he's made the same hard decision? that's why um, Matt Smith spends so much of the episode... Um, looking very flustered and bothered and sort of leaning against the walls and staring into space because he's been through the same thing, essentially. He's wiped out hundreds of people, hundreds of his own kind, all of his own kind. Well, we're getting very dark here, and yeah. it's normally Laura who says something that lightens the mood. So shall I just channel my wife here? Yeah, and, and... go for okay. it. I did like the cyborg because his face did look like... Pork scratchings stapled to a ball bearing, hmm? Actually, what I probably would have said, as a member of Amnesty and of Reprieve, the anti-death row charity, was that it really did make me chortle to hear America labelled as the land of second chances, where prisoners who'd committed war crimes would be heartily defended by the law force of the nation. Um, still... I guess it goes to show that I'm not all gumdrops and whiff-waff. Here endeth the sermon. (laughs) 
Yes. <laughs> yes, good. the design was very good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was, he was very cool. He was very cool. And finally, the one other thing that I've noticed in all of them is the ponds don't want to travel with the no, Doctor. Yes. They're not as excited about it. Mm. He suggests another journey on at least the last two occasions, and they say no. That has to be building up. Wow, we don't know yet. Do I we? wonder why the Moffas decided to um, have this thing of the Doctor uh, dipping in and out of the pond's lives. Because it's something we haven't seen before. It's exciting to yeah. see. It's reflecting a real life, the real life of a, a, a companion without getting all schmaltzy and eastendersy. Fair enough. Yeah. The inference is that the Doctor would never do this with other companions, but because he's become so involved, he is in essence... Mm. their um, son-in-law he can't just dump them if they were any other companion it would have ended during the lodger Uh, god complex he drops them off at the end of the god complex yeah so that would have been the end but but he can't but he is weaning himself off them and they Mm. are weaning themselves off him too oh it's making me very excited and sad as to how is it going to end Good morning, Mercy. So, how do you feel you're settling in? Yeah, well, I think. The people seem very respectful, which is nice, I suppose. And I've learned a lot from the people of the town. Really? Uh, Anything in particular? Strangely, I think I've learned a lot about mercy towards others. Take the other day, for instance. Mr. Marshall, sir. Speak, child. My brother just ate one of my sausages. I love me my sausages, Mr. Marshall. Is this true, son? Well, I guess so, Mr. Marshall. But my mother told me I could have it, because Mary Jane weren't eating none. Irrelevant information. Make peace with your gods. A few weeks ago, I wouldn't even have checked first and just eliminated the perpetrator regardless of actual guilt. So this is progress. Good morning, Mercy. The Doctor swore. Did he? Yeah. What did he say? He said, your endless bloody war. No. That's like the the bloody sergeant in in the Scottish play, isn't it? See, now you're doing it. I think wars are referred to as bloody quite often, aren't they? I think it was a literal bloody war. I didn't really get the need for the female narrator at the beginning and the end, other than to add a female voice where there are... Almost no female voices. It was an appalling accent. Even mm. I, as an Englishman, could hear that it was an appalling mm. well, accent. I so reckon, I don't know what the Americans I, thought. I, I recognise the voice, and I'm pretty sure she's American. Really? Yeah. Think it is. <laughs> Lorelai King, I think. Fun fact. Lorelai King appeared in the audio Go Demon Quest story, Starfall. Do you guys remember the film Sliding Doors? Yeah. Yes. You know, Gwyneth Paltrow's boyfriend has an affair with an American woman. Right, mm, that's, yeah. That's her. Oh, boys, you can't leave them alone with a chick flick for five minutes. That's Jean Triplehorn. Oh, right. She's been in hundreds of TV things over here since. So I, I, I recognise her voice. I'm fairly sure it's her. I want to go and check this. <laughs> well, you should do that. Consider yourself checked. Um, I think the reason the, the, the girl is there with the voiceover is that it shows you what happens to the gunslinger at the end. It's a convenient narrative way of very simply and straightforwardly and quickly saying that he becomes their eternal protector. It reflects the um, Lone Ranger figure of the Doctor coming in and out of the town. It's like, you know, he becomes this sort of unknown, unnamed legend that once visited the town. It reflects that mm-hmm. as well. 
other things I loved about the episode. I love the way it was shot. I mean, there's so many influences there. Obviously, the sort of spaghetti westerns and Leone and all that kind of stuff. Um, and the music at one point goes bum 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 bum. It does. It does. But like what it. does that mean? The Magnificent Seven. Dun, dun, bum, bum, it's, in, in other words, bum, 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 um, I think bum, bum, he's bum, saying bum. that the score references Western themes. Mm. It felt so much like Firefly. <laughs> yes, it did. You're right. And not just in the kind of the meeting of high technology and Western sort of culture. It just felt very Firefly. Mm. And <laughs> I wish I'd written a sketch about it, but I haven't. Oh, well, that's one for our end of series. Yeah, we can do oh, later. Yeah. But it was, I mean, they really ran with it. There were crane shots, there were kind of vistas. Mm. That was brilliant. And he used the sonic screwdriver. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think there should be like a new game, like paper, scissors, stone, <laughs> cyborg, Smith and Wesson, and sonic, sonic screwdriver. screwdriver. Yeah. Cyborg beats Smith and Wesson, <laughs> sonic screwdriver beats everything. Why would you choose either of the others, ever? Why does anyone ever choose anything except <laughs> sonic screwdriver? It just reflects life. One other thing I notice is they reference Amy as a mother again, and mm. I wonder if that's going to be a theme that comes back in. We know that River Song's going to be in it later on, and I think the fact they slipped in reminded everyone that Amy was a mother, and actually a good one despite the rather Ooh. crazy circumstances, is, is it... important. Ah, a saloon! <laughs> what? Am I wearing the Stetson the wrong way around? Howdy, stranger. Can I help you? This being a saloon, and me being a stranger to this time and dimension, I think I'd like a drink. Not had a Wild West drink for centuries. What's the speciality here? Well, sir, our bourbon is the finest in the county. Excellent! Love a biscuit? I'll have one of those, thanks. Coming right up, sir. By the way, how long have you had electricity? Ellie what? Power. The lights. Oh, the doc brought those with him when he arrived. Mighty fine of him, I always say. Here's your bourbon. Oh, it's a drink. Can I get you anything else, sir? We do a nice cappuccino. What? Mozzarella, tomato and basil panini if you're hungry. Oh, uh, no thank you. I am in Mercy, aren't I? Most certainly. Mercy, birthplace of the double macchiato and cactus cake meal deal. I see. A bit... Odd for a town in such a hot place, isn't it? Oh, just wait, sir. The aircon hasn't kicked in yet. The aircon? You shouldn't have aircon. Electricity, coffee, cakes, biscuit drinks, and now aircon? Hold on. Sir? What's that? Our internet cafe. Of course it is. So, any last thoughts about this episode? I thought it was very good. I thought it was beautifully shot. I thought it looked incredible i thought the supporting cast was very very good as well i think the guy who played isaac had been in something like farscape before i don't know how much that affected his performance he was very believable as a sheriff or a marshal whatever he was he'd um, mean acting with muppets space muppets space muppets well that makes all the difference that's you know i don't think we should have anyone who hasn't acted with muppets anyway um i, I thought it was lovely i thought it, it had a nice morality twist a nice talking down moment Several good arguments. Yes. <laughs> I thought it was uh, 
an episode that truly delivered on um, our expectations of it and more in terms of it being a, a, a perfectly good Western with some amazingly uh, superb themes running through it that really, uh, this is the sort of thing that only Doctor Who can do, is to put a fantastic story into a well-known setting and carry it off so brilliantly. I was very, very impressed. I loved it too. Speaking as someone who loves Back to the Future Part 3 <laughs> and The Three Amigos, which, by the way, it borrows its uh, finale from. There's a bit in The Three Amigos where the whole town pretends to be the target that the villain has come for, yeah, yeah. and they're doing exactly the same thing. Uh, so that was awesome. <laughs> I loved the bit where the Doctor talks the guy out of shooting him. That was so what I want the Doctor to do. Mm. That was amazing. I thought the explosions were super explodey, which I always love. <laughs> it had a really simple, strong story at its centre and some really interesting places to take the Doctor to. Well done, Toby. You are awesome. Yep, you can come back. So shall I finish it off with the, the haiku for A Town Called Mercy? Please do. Anger clouds judgement as robotic killer stalks. It's out of his hands. Hand. Because he's got a gun as one of his hands. No, I meant the doctor. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I think I'll fix myself a nice bowl of Rice Krispies. Wait! Stop that, Rory! What's wrong, Doctor? I speak Rice Krispie. They're terrified. There's hundreds of souls in there crying out for mercy. What, really? What are they saying? Don't eat us, oh great consumer. That's what they call you, the great consumer. That or the giant nose man. They want you to eat the cornflakes instead. What do the cornflakes think about that? What do you mean? Well, do the cornflakes mind being eaten? Oh, don't be ridiculous, Rory. Cornflakes can't talk. <laughs> You stupid thing, print! You shouldn't speak to it like that. It'll only make matters worse. Oh, go away. I speak printer, you know. Mm, yeah, I guessed. It's cross with you. It's running out of yellow ink and you haven't changed it. I haven't had time. It says you're doing it on purpose and that the other day you fed it the wrong sort of paper and now it feels ill. Look, are you going to help me or just continue to be smug? Can't I do both? Have you switched it off and on again? Of course I have. Not according to the on-off button you haven't. I speak printer on-off button, you see. <laughs> Rory? Yes, Doctor? Did you just throw the printer out the window in anger? Yes. Yes, I did. Right. The printer didn't like that very much. <laughs> oh, my thumb! I'm sure he didn't mean to. What are you going on about now, Doctor? I'm just assuring your thumb that that was an accident. It was, wasn't it? It's just your thumb wants to know. I speak thumb. Of course you do. It's very similar to finger, but more articulate. The hammer's not very happy either. It says it doesn't want to become an accessory to assault. You're mad. I think I've broken my thumb. Stop talking and do something. Your thumb wants to tell you it's had enough. It's going to become a toe. Please respect its decision. Right, that's it. I'm leaving. Yes, you're right. He did slam you a bit hard, didn't he? Well, only two episodes left of this season, half no. season. Oh. Hmm. 
It is sad, but hey, at least we'll get our lives back and not have to be writing the whole time. <laughs> yeah, it would be nice to see Sunday. Hey, I wanted to say thank you to everyone who uh, put a new iTunes review in. We've got loads of new reviews and oh, we brilliant. really appreciate them. Thank you so much. Thank you. Cheers, I'm just have a look. <laughs> I did, I've clicked around the whole world. We've got new reviews in loads of different places. It was really nice. Fantastic. Uh, you can catch up with us in all the usual places on our website, theoodcast.com, on Facebook, The Oodcast, on Twitter, The Oodcast, <laughs> or Ood Andy, Alpha Ood, and The Oodlaws. So that's about all we've got time for this week. Um, thank you very much for listening. Please come back next week where we'll be reviewing The Power of Three. Which looks awesome. It does, it does, doesn't it? it does. Chibnall, what are you doing? Chibnall. It's a Chibnall renaissance. <laughs> I think the little black boxes look like the little black boxes that Tom Baker uses in Robots of Death Part 1 to explain how the TARDIS works. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Cheers. She's wasted so many lives for this The consequences were somewhat unforeseen A killing heart with some space for grudges And so, gunslinger's going to war Does he know what he's fighting for? Don't tell me it's a worthy cause No cause could be so worthy But he's a town where patience is waning Hiding a man whose mind he's explaining Was it heroic or was it a crime? No one wants to die You'll have to bear the cost of your action Life or a life is a crazy transaction Carry the weight of the souls you have hurt When it's time to die For every man who wants his pound Cures or electricity and so Gunslinger's going to Does he know what he's fighting for? Don't tell me it's a worthy cause No cause could be so worthy But he's a town where patience is waning Hiding a man whose mind is explaining Was it heroic or was it a Could be 
ので。